You're listening to The Watchlist with Patty and Bill. Well, welcome back to The Watchlist, everybody. We appreciate you listening. You can always find your favorite podcast, The Watchlist with Patty and Bill, when you go to www.thewatchlistpod.com. You can also engage with us on social media. We're very social that way, at The Watchlist Pod. And you can also subscribe to us and listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. So I had, I had, what? <laughs> I said, what up? <laughs> oh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I thought you froze there for a second. Oh, no. no, I'm good. I actually, <laughs> I was actually very proud of myself. So Laura was at work today. So I caught like the newest of new stuff. Oh, cool. But I'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I was um, doing some Disney plusing. And I was okay. doing some Netflix. Excellent. So I was very, I was very pleased with me. Nice. So what did you watch? We did some Netflixing and a little bit of HBOing, and then a, I did a lot of Amazoning. Ah. All right. So why don't you kick us off, and then we'll we'll ping a pong. Well, my Amazon, my. Right. <laughs> All right. Cut back to one. This show now. Start the show over. Welcome to the watch list with Pat. No, I'm just kidding. My Amazoning and was all about Battlestar Galactica, which you know I'm just freakish over during this whole COVIDs. Incredibly so. I'm just obsessing about it. Although I do have to admit, I got the hankering to watch me some Star Wars today. Oh, and right. I actually almost started a marathon beginning with the prequels. Oh, wow. That would have been yeah. a long marathon. That would have been, right. yeah, but that's what led me to new stuff. But anyway, you go on yeah. about your, your BSG. So, yeah. yeah, well, it you know, the, the Peacock is going to have everything universal, and Battlestar Galactica is universal. So it will, it already says on the Sci-Fi Channel app that it's expiring. So I know since Peacock is still not compatible with my TV and when I tweet at them saying, yo, why aren't you compatible with Samsung WTF Peacock on Twitter? They're like, oh, hey, we've got this new thing and we're free. And, you know, we're on some of these, you know, on some of these platforms, but not all of them. And we're working really hard. And they send me to a link that's just a bullshit link. I'm like, you are a bot who has not read a single tweet I've said. So I'm going to reply to you again and let you know strongly worded emails will be written if you don't get your shit together <laughs> before you take BSG off the sci-fi channel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's okay. Oh. Okay. Oh, and man. so then I just said, fuck it. I'm going to buy it outright. And I went to Amazon Prime and bought the entire series and the available movies, Okay, which is the plan. This one I'm about to talk about. Um, Razor is not available. How much was it reasonably priced? Each season's like 15 bucks. 
And for as often as I watch them over and over lately, I feel that's worthy. Because it was There's four only like seasons. four seasons. Yes. So you spend roughly like 80 bucks today or something like that. Did I really? Well, with the movies and, and all that. Oh, the movies weren't, they weren't 15 bucks. The two oh. movies were like three or four. I want. Oh, to say. that's not Tops. bad at all. all because right. they're only like a couple hours. Those are not worth, those are not worth 15 bucks. No, no, no. No, they are not. Well, they are to you. Well, they are to me. Like the mini series was like two ninety nine. I want to say two or three ninety nine, and then season one has thirteen episodes. Two and three both have twenty. Season four has twenty one. So that's okay. a hella hella lot of episodes for me. So I felt you know what I paid was worthy on BSG anyway. So the one movie that I totally forgot about is called Battlestar Galactica. Blood and Chrome. That is a prequel to the whole series about young William Adama, who becomes Admiral Adama in the end. So Spoiler alert. <laughs> this was meant to be a pilot for a new imagined series all about young Will Adama, which clearly was never picked up. And it's not I can totally see why it was never picked up because it's really kind of shitty. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. Well, with you, okay, but it's to be really, fair, it's what? cliche and kind of shitty. Yeah, but to be fair, oh my God, this, did Star Trek The Next Generation suck when it debuted? I mean, we didn't know that it really sucked until later seasons happened. Because yeah, going well, back, yeah. and this past week, I watched a few season one episodes. My, Are you talking about uh, next gen? You said next gen, right? Next gen. Okay, yeah. sorry. And, and it's, it's that's there. okay. It's, I'm, I, <laughs> we're recording right now. Yeah. Um, what? Huh? But it's, yeah. Um, but that show was really bad. Yeah. The first season was so the, not good. The first season was so not good. Yeah. So, yeah. but, so in, in all fairness, that Battlestar Galactica show might have gotten better. Had they it might have. Some, it might have. Some time into it. Well. Yeah. Yeah. This, uh, um, you know, it, it follows Adama right as he graduates from the Academy of the colonial and joins the colonial fleet. And he's, you know, the hot shot, you know, best pilot ever and knows it. I'm going to get in a, a, a fighter and kill all the toasters. Ah! And, you know, the, and for those of you who don't know, a toaster is a, is a slang term for a Cylon. Yeah. Cause they're Chrome and look like those old timey Chrome, which is really kind of weird to me. They look like the old timey Chrome toasters. So they're calling them toasters in this futuristic world. You know what? Why are you what picking else? apart your favorite shit? I know. And just little things that have bothered me for a long time. <laughs> but, but anyway, you know, he's, you know, and so the, the, the top brass, they're all, you know, like trying to knock him down a peg, throwing him into this ancient uh, Raptor ship, which is like a giant bus. He's driving a bus instead of the little tiny sports car. And then, you know, the wackiness ensues and it's all so predictable and cliche and blah, blah, blah. So I totally get why it wasn't particularly good or why it didn't really get picked up. There was a web series of this whole thing, which. So when, 
when was this show? When was when, when did was this, this come out? This came. This was on television in on February tenth of twenty thirteen on Siffy. On the Siffies. On the Siffies. So it's actually no, not all yeah. that old. No, it's not that old. And and the the web series um came out uh, around November of twenty twelve. So. So, in other words, Battlestar Galactica, if you really want to watch it, it's going to end up on Peacock. Yeah. And you can also buy it on Amazon. Okay. It just seems like it it petered out. It did, yeah. Battlestar Galactica kind of petered out in general after, after they aired Caprica, the series. Which Caprica was the prequel to this prequel in showing us how the Cylons became sentient and rebelled. And that was not particularly good either. It starred um, Stoltz, Eric Stoltz. Yeah. And yeah, he was the creator of the Cylon. But it just seems to me, and I, and I sort of remember this at the time that they tried to do too much too quickly well you know it's like any popular show you know bsg became super popular because it was really well done and then they tried to build on that and just keep it going when it really it it, it had finished yeah you know, like all and the star treks all these star treks and every blah, 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 blah. you know it's like how many more star treks do we need how many more star warses do we need Apparently became, we one more we... that we didn't even know about. Exactly. It's, it's already pushed back. Huh, yeah. And, and so it was also, how many more Battlestar Galacticos do we need? But we're getting one more because, you know, our Mr. Robot guy is making something in that world. So, yeah, yeah we'll see. I, I just think that Battlestar Galactica was so, it, 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 okay, for, for us geeks, yeah, Battlestar Galactica was cool. But it's it's actually much more niche than Star Wars. Oh yes, totally. This is but they were trying to make it like Star Trek and Star Wars by doing all this stuff. Right. And just, but there's just not the interest because once the main series ended, it was like, yeah, that that was a good ending. At least in my head, that was a good ending, and I'm I don't need any more. But I still I just want to keep revisiting it because I really like it. It's still a little fucking confusing for me, but whatever. What's confusing? But, oh, you know what? I don't even want to get <laughs> You're so tired. You don't want to go Shut up. I, I just don't even I'm just care. Asking. I'm just moment. wondering. Okay. I know. But when I first saw the original, the first time I saw the last episode of BSG. Oh, that. Yes. That is confusing as fuck. Yes. Yes. But watching the last 10 minutes actually cleared it up for me. Oh, Believe well, it or not, because I wasn't trying to absorb everything, I only focused on those last 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> but but anyhow, but then they started doing that fucking Matrix-like Merovigian, hello, Mr. Neo. It is neither fathomable or unfathomable. I mean, it, it just got, it got all like, Will this happen about? again, or did oh. it already happen? Like, well, no, well, through the whole thing, they've been saying this has happened before, and it will happen again. 
Yeah, but so I that's didn't why they mentioned that. The, I didn't need to go into the Matrix with it. Oh well, that well. that's what was the mind fuck about it. But anyhow, anyway. I'm glad you enjoy it. That's your that's your very familiar best friend TV show to it go is totally to. These days, yes. All right. So that actually kind of dovetails into something that I watch, something new. Uh-huh. Um, Muppets Now on Disney Plus. Oh, what is that? It's a new show. And what it does is Muppets Now is the format of a web-based variety show. So it sort of takes, you know, the same old Muppets that we know and love. And it's as, it's as if they created their own YouTube shows. And the framing device around it is Scooter trying to get it all uploaded as a single entity. We're basically watching an online version of The Muppet Show. Okay. So, so it's like a little mini thing, like, like sketches in this show. So Miss Piggy has a fashion and makeup advice show. Um, and then there's a character named Walter who hosts a segment about Muppets who have special talents. The Swedish chef. Oh, is, Walter. Is, he's, um, he's the, the character from the one guy's movie. Oh, that's right. Jason Siegel. Jason he was like Siegel's the Jason Siegel character. Yeah, he was right, Jason right, right. Siegel's guy. Yeah. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. Thank you for that reminder. All right. And then you have sure. the Swedish sure. chef and a cook off against a celebrity chef. And then Kermit the Frog does a very, very, very light interview. Hmm. The problem with this is so Battlestar Galactica petered out because nobody really had a clamoring for more Battlestar Galactica. I don't think. I, I think that what Disney's trying to do is find a place for the Muppets. You know, it's it's trying to be the Muppet Show. And like the Muppet Show of today. Like the Muppet Show of today, but the characters <laughs> themselves are still the same. You know, it's the same characters from the 70s, same design, same dynamics. You know, you're you're just trying to find a new packaging for the same old thing. So yeah. it's almost like Disney is re-gifting the Muppets to us. Hmm. And in that, I realized, holy shit, I have outgrown the Muppets. Oh. And it's and and it's not a bad thing because I then tried to project it onto, you know, like seven year old Bill. Mm-hmm. And seven year old Bill probably would have liked it even though the production values on this are way better than, you know. Oh, it's because it's HBO. The, no, it's Disney+. Plus. Oh, pardon me. Sorry, I had nah, something street right. in my head. See, we're all tired and shit, people. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but anyway, so it's, I think if you have kids, this is interesting. Yes, right I now. know Sam's kids love the Muppets. They love Beaker, and they keep asking to have her pull up YouTube videos of all these Muppet things. Right. And the old Muppet show will always live in my memory as something very special. Absolutely. I loved it. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, I think that that's where I need to leave it because these new Muppet shows 
I don't think they know how to handle them because obviously they're catering to people like me and you who have that reverence for the Muppets. Mm -hmm. But trying to introduce it to a new audience who may or may not want the Muppets when there's so much other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because the Muppets were on broadcast television when they were on. Yeah. And, there and wasn't so, any non-broadcast television. There weren't any right. non-broadcast stations yeah. when the Muppets were on, so they were immensely popular and, and very funny. Prime time, family time. And That's that right. Was one of the few shows my dad stayed up to watch. Yeah. And it was smartly written. There was enough in there for adults as well as kids, so it made me feel a little bit more grown up. It always made me feel special. And this, uh, it's just not for me. Okay. So if so if you're an adult trying to recapture that magic of the Muppets, meh. There's only one episode out right now, oh. according to the most factual thing on the planet, Wikipedia. <laughs> um, <laughs> there seem to be six episodes, but only one right now is available on Disney Plus. So they're probably going to drop an episode a week. Yeah, that's what they do. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, I might tune. I might tune in just for nostalgia's sake. Mm. But at the same time, I would rather go back like, like Sam's kids and find old Muppet shit. Yeah. On YouTube. Yeah. All right. Oh. But it's 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 yeah. Mm. Okay. So what else did you watch? The new thing that I watched is on. Um. Well. You know, apparently this isn't that new. Um, it was new to me, though. <laughs> the Jeff Jeffrey Epstein uh, documentary on Netflix, which apparently was released May 27th, but I didn't realize this. I thought it was new, like new, new, like this weekend new. Oh, I see. Oopsies. <laughs> yeah, oopsies. So it wasn't a new thing. It was new to me. I only have seen the first... I saw the first two episodes, but I kind of started fading on the second episode um it was getting really late yeah so but yeah seeing this whole story and everything shit you know yeah oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah what a fucker anyway <clears throat> yeah fucking piece so of would you recommend people watch it for anybody who definitely who really just wants to know what the fuck was going on and why is this guy so important? You know, why is everybody talking about him? Um, yeah, I would say definitely. Um, if any kind of, uh, sexual predator, uh, type of stuff is triggering for you, I would say stay away, which you probably already know to you, but definitely what? stay away. What? Well, these girls recount the story of what he did to them. So oh. if that can be triggering for you in any way, if you've, you know, sexual abuse is an issue, stay away. Which, Jeffrey Epstein, you probably are going to. You're going to know not to watch this. Gotcha. Okay. But just going to throw that out there that you might not want to if that's an issue for you. Okay. So for informational purposes only. Yeah, well, this is a, a documentary, so yes, it's not it's not like a drama talking about it. It's a documentary, right? Yeah, they're Although, actually talking to the police officers, 
Oh, well, they're Jesus. not talking to the specific detective because he's passed away, but they're playing back the audio cassettes of his interviews and they're talking to the um, to the victims um, and people around him. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I uh, right now the world is so serious to me. <laughs> yeah, this might not be something you want to watch. That that is not something I. I mean, yeah. child predators have a special place in hell. Yeah, I mean, like a a a really special place in hell. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not going to be watching that. And this mini series, it's four episodes. It was based on the 2016 book. Filthy Rich, a powerful billionaire, the sex scandal that undid him, and all the justice that money can buy, colon, the shocking true story of Jeffrey Epstein, which was written by James Patterson, and that's why they were talking to James Patterson. Now I understand why they were talking to him, but I think he was also sort of dude's neighbor. Because he said in the, in the in the first episode, he said he was... Uh, Epstein's neighbor. Weird. All and, right. Yeah. So James Patterson. Okay. Fiction writer. If you don't know who he is. Yeah. So yeah, well, that is the Jeffrey Epstein filthy rich documentary currently airing on Netflix. All four episodes available now. Copy that. All right. So while we're on Netflix, I did something way lighter, sort of. Okay. And I cracked open season two of Umbrella Academy. Ah, how is that? It's just, to me, it's just as awesome as season one. I, I um, except for one thing, and I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. So watching season one, and this kind of dovetails onto your, you know, this isn't necessarily new, but it's new to me. That's mm -hmm. how we found Umbrella Academy to begin with. Okay. So we just happened to find it, you know, a couple of weeks before season two debuted. So it's very fresh in our minds, but this season finds them sent back in time to Dallas in 1963. And it seems that another apocalypse has followed them there. <laughs> so all of this may or may not be related somehow to the assassination of JFK. Well, of course. Of course, because, you know... You can't be but, in 1963 and not... Ah, uh, but some characters land in 1960, some land in 1961, uh. some land in 62, so <laughs> they all don't land at the same point in time, so they have to basically catch up to each other in 1963. I see. Do but, they know that the others are in a different, like, the year behind them or whatever? No, they don't. They okay. have to discover it because um, the the one, um, the Ellen Page character, loses mm -hmm. her memory. No, of course she does. She loses her memory, so she has no idea that she... Has you know, this crazy-ass power. Has this crazy-ass power. Um, the big, brutish, half-great-ape um, guy mm -hmm. becomes a brawler. Um, he, oh, so do they all lose their memory? No, they do not. Oh, okay. But they don't. But since they don't know where the others are, they have to live somehow in this time and earn because money. The only, right, because the okay. only one who knows how to transport through time is the kid who's actually like fifty years old. Right. So, but anyway, it's it's eight episodes, 
and it is on the Netflix, and it's great. Did the you see all eight? No, we okay. actually stopped at six. Okay. So we have two episodes left. Cool. We, we just got tired and I had to record this. Well, I understand. Okay. Um, but any time, and, and I mean this wholeheartedly, any time you have a black character as part of an ensemble and you send them to the past, there's going to be racism. Mm-hmm. And especially in Dallas... Mm-hmm. The South, oh, yeah. especially in general, back in the 60s, before the Civil Rights Act. Mm-hmm. I just I take it through an especially sensitive lens of and, and there's there's a particularly brutal scene. Oh. And it must have been. And, and when I say brutal, I'm talking about the, the sort of PG-13 version of it not the R-rated version. Okay. So uh, the the black character, her, her name is Allison. Uh, she actually meets and falls in love with a, a, a black man in that time, and he is a community organizer of protest. So they all stage a lunch counter sit-in, which mimics the Woolworths mm-hmm. uh, sit-ins that are infamous. And... They have a whole bunch of white people, obviously, behind them yelling stuff to them. And that's a harsh scene to watch, even though even though this is a very PG-13 TV show, they never use the N word. You know, they they you know, they're careful with their language. But the subtext is so there and it's so raw right now. It hit a very raw nerve with me. Oh, and it hit a raw nerve with me because it goes back to something I've mentioned before. Anytime you go into the past with a black character, I'm tired of seeing racism. I'm tired of seeing the past. I want to see the future. And the way they set up Allison's character on this show, she's a she is the most successful movie star in the world at this point. Right. In season one, she's walking the red carpet. She's mm-hmm. draped, in, you know... The world loves her, in part because of her power, but, you know, the world loves her, you know, and that's how I like to see characters. You know, even if, you know, they can even be down on their luck, Ellen Page-like characters on this show, as long as it's in the now. Yeah, okay. So, especially through the lens of what's going on, yes, the, the, the episodes are also very relevant, but um, it's it's just a little it's raw for me. But I wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly encourage you to watch season two of Umbrella Academy. Eight episodes uh, now on Netflix. Cool. Because I can't wait to watch the last two. It's going to be awesome. Well, my more lighthearted Netflix watch um, is called Killing Hasselhoff. <laughs> It's from 2017. It uh-huh. stars Ken Jeong as Chris, who is down on his luck. And he's got, he's part of this death pool. And David Hasselhoff is one of his people on his death pool. And he okay. owes, he's down on his luck. He's got to pay this loan shark. He's, and the prize in the death pool is half a million dollars. So what's he's he trying to, to do? He's trying to kill <laughs> David Hasselhoff. 
David Hasselhoff <laughs> plays himself. John Lovitz is like Hasselhoff's, uh, I don't know, his agent or his, his I don't know, helper, uh, assistant guy. Yeah. There's some other big name type people in it. Will Sasso. Um, uh, Mel B plays herself. Howie Mandel plays himself. Maybe these aren't really big names anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps I'm you know what's you know. you know what's funny though i actually looked up the spice girls oh yesterday. nice nice <laughs> so mel b yeah shout out yeah. to all the spice girls oh. anyway justin bieber plays himself in this um reese darby from flight of the concords is in this and it, it's really just goofy silly stupid but you know and the movie was released to dvd back in 2017 <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so that, that's kind of the level of this movie excellent but you know what if you need some stupid fun just something silly to watch this is it killing Hasselhoff it's on Netflix go ahead and watch that's it awesome. it's you know and I like silly yeah. stupid fun as long as I am entertained you bet I will and, and I'm certain I am certain everybody watching this will be entertained because Hasselhoff is playing this over the top version of himself, you know, as yep. you would if you were in a movie called killing Hasselhoff. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. And somehow, somehow he stays relevant. You know, is that something? And Isn't he stays, something? It, you know what? And it started in the nineties when he was, okay. So after Knight Rider ended, he became this huge music star in Germany. Yes. Yes. Had number one hits all over the world, except here, because you know, his music's kind of crap. Shit here, yeah. <laughs> but he, he went from Knight Rider to Baywatch. Yeah. And then after that, he started cameoing in movies as himself. You know, he was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 as himself. You know, he was he's, in SpongeBob SquarePants movies as himself. Oh my God! It, yeah. It's amazing how the Hoff is still the Hoff. Yeah, and what's even more crazy is, you know, Knight Rider ended in like eighty nine, eighty six, eighty six. Oh, but Baywatch premiered in eighty nine, so it's not that far away. No, there's some reason it just not. felt so spread out to me. Uh, you know, when Knight Rider ended and Baywatch started, in my well, head they just don't seem that close together. Well, two and a half years in TV time can be an eternity. Yeah, but from in my head, it was like at least 10 years between. Oh, I, see. I don't know why. It just, yeah. yeah. Probably because I never really watched Baywatch. Neither did I. Well, right, as jiggly as it was, I never watched it. <laughs> yeah. Because I think at that time, 21 Jump Street had debuted on Fox in 87. Okay. So I was all about me. I was all about the 21 Jump Street myself. 21 Jump Street until Johnny Depp left. Peter DeLuise was my guy. I know he was. Yeah, we had that. We actually had that I talk in college. Did. I think we did. Yes, yeah. we did. Because I had the oh Peter DeLuise poster on my wall. Uh, <laughs> anyway, he was actually, actually, Peter DeLuise was the focus of my favorite episode. Oh. Of 21 Jump Street. Oh. The one where he actually... Um, I can't remember. Did he get, he got married to the, the girl who was deported. 
you remember that episode? You are remembering episodes. I do not remember any. Oh my god! Episodes, it was it was me. such a thing. So they started out by trying to bust illegal immigrants coming over, and he actually falls in love with one. Oh, oh. and and he finds out that through her that you you disappear, and if you disappear. You're, 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 it, that's actually a, another word for dead. Oh, they just don't know where you are. Mm. And she Thank keeps you. trying to fight in court for her not to go back because she is a political prisoner. And therefore, if she goes back, she'll be disappeared. Oh, I see. And at the end of the episode, he's playing softball. And that's when somebody comes up to him and says, she disappeared. Oh, fuck. And you see this dejected look on his face. And then they play Sting's song, Fragile, which is how I really fell in love with that song. And you see this montage of that. And then in a later episode, he and Johnny Depp go looking for her. Okay. This must be a later season, I'm guessing. It, it Yeah, I think it might have been season three or four. Okay. And, and I don't want to say what happens to the girl. Okay. But it's it it's really really well done. Hmm. Anyway, so that's I was more about that kind of stuff than Hasselhoff on on boob yeah. watch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So also on Disney Plus, I checked out the new visual album by Beyonce called Black Is King. Right. I forgot that that was coming out. And it debuted yesterday. Okay. And I and I, I have and by to yesterday this. you mean Friday? Oh, I'm so sorry. July 31st. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yes, people, we actually time travel on this show. Mm -hmm. It debuted on July 31st. Yes. Um, so I wasn't the biggest Beyonce fan. I'm still not really. I mean, there are a few songs that I like by her, but I am certainly not like a, a devotee of, of Beyonce or Jay-Z. Yeah, me either. But I have to say, this is stunningly beautifully done. And it, it and I like it for three reasons. I really like Black is King for three reasons. It's very different than anything any streaming service I think is doing right now. So Disney Plus, you know, you look at Disney Plus and see all the Marvel movies. You may see something kind of wacky and out there like The World According to Jeff Goldblum, but that's even still lighter, you know, and all that. And you see the Pixar shorts. But this is a visual album. And it's it's just very different. So it it shows that they that streaming services can grow musically as well. Um, it's also especially refreshing to see so many positive images of black and brown people all over the world. And I think this is so timely given everything going on in the civil rights movement that we're in right now, that in many ways it made me feel better. And I can't even, I can't even describe it, but it was that primal seeing all of these beautiful images. Um, and on a, on a more surface level, a way that it works is that it's a creative way to reimagine the story and themes of The Lion King, which is what it's loosely based on. Mm. 
So all the songs and all the videos in it that comprise this movie follow the story of the Lion King. It is, it is, I just found myself turning it on and as much as I'm like, yeah, Beyonce, I watched the whole fucking thing and it sounded great on our sound system. So especially if you've got like you and your sound bar and your subwoofer, the better the sound system you have, the more you're going to enjoy this because okay. it is a visual album. <clears throat> okay. So, um, and just to give you a synopsis, it's a celebration of black culture and black people um, where we all came from where we are, who we are, and possibly where we are going. And it's a tribute to ancestors, us now, and who we are both here and across the Atlantic. It's so again, while I you know, I'm I'm like, meh, Beyonce, this it this is is worth watching. And there are two songs that I really, really liked. One is called Brown Skin Girl. And it really it really makes you feel proud to have brown skin, especially if you're a woman. And I really like that. And then there's just a really cool sort of cool nightclub vibe song called Find Your Way Back. And I really like that, too. But anyhow, that's what I got this week. Yeah, I checked me out some new stuff this yeah. week. I I'm, was all proud of me. Go you. Go and me. I've got the last thing I've got is... Um, it was on HBO. It's from 2019, so it's new. It is Motherless Brooklyn, the yeah. neo-noir crime film written and produced by Edward Norton, and it's based on a 1909 novel of the same name. How was that? It's really pretty good. It's really very... It, it's really, really gripping and interesting. Um, so... Ed Norton plays this character named Frank or character Lionel, but Frank, who is played by uh, Bruce Willis calls him motherless Brooklyn. That's the nickname he gives him. And he's got Tourette's syndrome. So, you know, Bruce Willis or Edward Norton, Edward Norton. And this is back okay. in 1950s, New York. So a guy with Tourette's in 1950s, New York is going to be, you know, not have such a great life. Right. And you know, he was an orphan. They met each other. He met Frank, who is uh Bruce Willis's character at uh, an orphanage where they were, you know, clearly always abused because that's what they did back in the 50s, get abused in an orphanage. Um so Frank is on this secret case and Lionel, who is, you know, Fred Edward Norton, he's got this memory that he just remembers, you know, he's like a tape recorder. So Frank likes to have him around as you know, like, you know, the, that, what did that guy say to me? And then he could just play it back, you know? Right. So Frank gets, you know, offed by some people. And now Lionel, AKA motherless Brooklyn guy is trying to backtrack everything and figure out what was Frank investigating, who killed him? Why did they kill him? And, well, he kind of knows who killed him because he was witnessing it. But why? Why did they kill him? And what was Frank getting into? Um, Alec Baldwin is in it. Willem Dafoe is also in it. Um, and it's just got a whole lot of stuff. It's a lot about, um, like, 
Alec Baldwin is this big real estate guy and he's condemning a lot, you know, getting the, the city to condemn a lot of the, you know, lower income areas of New York to, so that they can buy it up cheap and, you know, sell it and make it, you know, make a fortune. So this is putting a bunch of people out of their house, out of their homes. And they're being told that they can apply to be, you know, relocated. But the office that's taking all that information, they're just throwing all those applications out. Hmm. You know, they don't give a shit about these people. They don't care about it. Wow. Yeah. And this is, yeah, that's all in Harlem where they're kicking people out. Yeah. Well, of course. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, okay. And where is that HBO you said? Yeah, we found it on HBO. HBO Go. Okay. It uh, premiered in August of 2019 at the Telluride Film Festival. And then was released in November. Open, it had an open release huh. in November. It Excellent. got a nomination for Best Original Score. Hey, that's good. At the Golden Globes. Huh. Yeah. So well, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that sounds good. I'll check that out too. Although I'll probably watch that first, and then I'll watch that goofy Ken Jung movie. Yeah. Just yeah. as a sort of palate cleanser. And, well, and that's kind of the the order we watched it too. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. That's awesome. Well, I'm I'm so glad that we actually found stuff that we we really really liked. Yeah. And you know, at least stuff people want to try. Everything from kids to adults, and and it's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. I, so next time we talk, I, I'm gonna finish out Umbrella Academy, and I so will watch it as well. Yeah. So we can we can get into that a little bit more, and I'll find some new and interesting stuff to watch. Hell, yeah. I didn't expect to be like at the forefront of new stuff this Ooh, week. Oh, you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, everybody, did you check out what we checked out? Have you seen Black is King? Have you seen Motherless Brooklyn? Have you seen Muppets Now? Uh, log on to thewatchlistpod.com. Click on that contact button and um, let us know. Let us know what you think of those. Also, let us know if there was anything else new that you peeped and that we should watch. And until then, you can always engage with us at thewatchlistpod.com by clicking on that contact button. And you can engage us also on social media at thewatchlistpod. And then always make sure that you subscribe 17 of your friends by taking their phones. Not that we're, you know, condoning that, but go ahead. <laughs> and then subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And we thank you guys for listening. It's always a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to have you listen to us. Yeah. All right. So no matter what time of day you're listening, thank you. And good night. Good night. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Good night. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bye. Okay. Bye.